Welcome to the Draft Doctors Fantasy Footy Podcast with your hosts, John Crockett, Steve Fizz, and the Statesman. G'day listeners, welcome back to another ripping episode of the Draft Doctors. I'm your host, Stevie Fizz, and today we're talking NFI. That's right, the situations where we have no effing idea about what is going on. There's so many variables. It's a it's a mixed bag. It's a it's a lottery ticket. It's a wheel bag. It can't be good. Cam, let's um let's talk about things we don't know about. Yeah, I, I like going in there's two things I like going into this pod um about what we're doing. So NF I, I feel like you came up with this idea just because you were looking at NFTs. And you're like, you know, it's close enough to NF. Yeah, we'll just do NFIs. And then the other thing is, like, this is my, this is where I sit because I never have any idea on anything. I just pretend to, and then you know, see how we go. So this is this is the perfect bit for me. That's not good. No, well, it's kind of hard because <laughs> this this off season feels like it's gone on forever, right? It, it's yeah. I, I um, especially like we're you know in the chat and you're sort of like, what do we do this week? NFI and I'm like that's just because we actually don't have any idea for content at the minute. No, we, we've done it before. <laughs> oh, really? We've actually done it before. Yeah. So um, we have done this show before. It's it's there, there, there's not many shows um, that fill in the blanks that we haven't done. This was one of them. Um, <laughs> when Warnie the... release the position, please. Dear God, we're Warnie. dying. <laughs> Warnie, you're killing me. We can only take so many off-season scandals. Whew, speaking of which, thank you, Liam. Content. Yes. Uh, oh, thank goodness. Thank God. We were absolutely fucked without this. Uh, Liam Jones has retired. Cam, did you know he averaged 69 Supercoach points last year? Oh, wow. That's it's sad to see him go then. Sad to see it, him go. Yeah. Well, and, you know, look, whatever you think about Liam Jones and all that sort of stuff, you know, whatever. Uh, 51 Dream Team, he's out. He's out. Gone but it's huge. Huge ramifications because he was the leading by average the leading intercept mark player in the AFL last year. What? Yeah. Leading, hit the highest average for intercept marks in the AFL in 2021. Most contested defensive one-on-ones by average. Yeah. Seventh for spoils. There, there was a point, I think, towards, uh, it was like mid to late season where he hadn't been beaten in a one-on-one. So, look, I... um. Oh, this is huge for Carlton, really. Um, that that's where that's going to sit. Ca- Caleb, obviously, obviously, <laughs> no, Caleb. The idea of Caleb Marshbank. You got to be. Um, you can't be happy if you're a Carlton fan. But look, I actually think in these sort of situations, there's so much to go around. If you're a Super Coach player, I'd give Jacob Weedering a little nudge. Uh, why? Why? Because like he, if you look at all the stats, he's right there with Liam Jones, right? Yeah. So, and what Liam Jones did to be the leading player, someone who's not on the list right now or is on the list right now, is probably going to have a hard time replicating that. So, to me, there's just a little bit more to go around mm. to the other players. Yeah. Okay. It's really interesting because from I, I kind of see it and I'm like, oh, he. Played the same role as Weedering already, right? Just one took one defender and one took another. Yeah, that's right. But so there might need to, there might just be a fraction more opportunity. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about the listener league, Cam. 
Oh, we're going to talk about the Listener League. Uh, it's a hotbed of discussion on Twitters. I've, I've uh, definitely it's, seen it's, three people talk about it. It's exactly that's hot. That's hot, hot. for us. Hot, hot for us. Um, so we, we're bringing it in. It's, there's going to be a live draft. We're at the stage where we don't know what state we're going to have it in yet. It's going to be Victoria or South Australia. Western Australia, we can't do you yet. All right? I just don't have the time. Heard good and things about Brisbane to. and Queensland. I've been th- to the airport and, and parts of Queensland and I don't enjoy it. So it's Victoria or South Australia. I can drive to either. Ah. You see? Mm, see? I do. I do. I do. I'd prefer to visit Adelaide, but I need to play some golf courses in Melbourne. So that's... Yeah. yeah. Um, but we need to have a competition to get in. We need to decide the state. Uh, I'm thinking diorama. Um, and I haven't been met with much positivity in the group chat. Look, every time that you've said... So, first of all, it's at least the most that I've heard the word diorama in, you know, outside of the Simpsons episode where Ralph makes a Chewbacca or Star Wars-themed diorama. Like, I haven't heard the word since then, and I feel like it's not something that should come back. However, what are you expecting? I'm expecting Epstein cells. Wow, it's so good. (laughs) So you see the genius of everything. It is. um, We won't admit to that, but we've definitely seen some light there. Okay. Yeah, that could be good. Well, it could be anything. I don't don't know, but maybe it could be something else. Maybe someone wants to make a video. Maybe you want to make a t-shirt. I'm not telling you to do that. Mm. Um, But these are things that could happen. Mm. So listeners, we need your feedback. We need your feedback. Yeah, so so the two bits of feedback are where, where do you want it? Where do you want it? Well, look, we know more, like, according to the Twitter, people who live in Western Australia, the, our main listeners, that, that's not right. We, we know the stats. We know where they are. Uh, mm. It's Victoria. But there is a healthy South Australia contingent. My, my vote, for what it's worth, which isn't much, is South Australia. Okay. I, I am too. Yeah, okay. What do we do? Okay, so we're going to hit a point. Hit a point where some some genius is going to make the best diorama you've ever seen, like better than Silverchair's diorama, and it's mm. going to be like they're going to fucking live in Perth and not be able to make it. What do you do there? They can have a draft kit. Whoa. That's right, Cam. <laughs> That's right, Cam. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so there you go, listeners. Come up with the idea. If we pick your idea for the competition and you live in the state we pick, you're in. How's that? That's a promise. Wow. Guarantee void in Tennessee. <laughs> so we're going to talk NFI situations that we have no fucking idea about. we got a couple each. We're going to talk some fantasy football. Hard to believe we're eight minutes in and going to talk some fantasy football. Tightest fantasy footy podcast Released this week. <laughs> the only. Um, should I just kick things off? Do you want me to yeah, like launch uh, into? I, no, you go first. You. you I don't feel like. You I don't feel it. like we've built it up enough. Oh. Uh, so I'm going to talk about the Hawks backline. Holy shit! I don't know. Okay, doing. so the Hawks backline is where I'm, and probably part of the problem is we always try to force uh, there to be a star, right? Someone who's going to absolutely pop and be top 15 and it's not always the case with every team but I see so much potential with the Hawks backline I'm talking AFL fantasy averages got Jarman Impey coming in with 85 and a, 
and a bit. Blake Hardwick had a great season, especially in Supercoach, 81 and a bit. AFL Fantasy, Scrimshaw, we all like him, 79 and a bit. Jath, uh, 72. The idea of Will Day, is he going to be in the back line or is he going to be pushed up to a wing? We know Sicily's coming back. Probably got some good key defensive options. Um, DGB coming through. Um, and, and really, Frost and Hardigan were there last year who were you know, mainstays, I'll say. So there's, to me, there's a lot of moving, maybe not moving pieces, but there's a lot of options in that defense who are all kind of good. Um, new coach coming in. Obviously, they, they threw the magnets around a bit, a bit at the end of last year. We saw Tim O'Brien uh, play a few games in defense and score some really good uh, fantasy numbers. So to me, I, I'm really cagey about Sicily. I think He's going to be a hot name in salary cap, obviously, because of the discount. So I think you're going to see him in fantasy footy conversations quite frequently. But to me, I'm I'm really worried. And I, I kind of see him being more of a... I, I think he's a swing man. Like, yeah. depending on what they need game to game, um, he, he could be at either end of the park. He's such a, such a great talent, Cam. Yeah. And I mean, the big problem, right, is that they have in the absence of James Sicily and in the absence of a few others, they've kind of made a makeshift backline that actually came good. Like, they, yeah. they all ended up being actually really good at their role, and now they've got a surplus uh, of requirements, so they're going to have to play these guys somewhere. And there's a big, probably, gap in their forward line, Tyler Brockman and, you know, the like Mitch Lewis and those kind of guys who are um, supposed to be their next big thing. I would find it hard to believe that they're locked on and you'd probably play a James Sicily any day of the week over them, even though, you know, they may not be, you know, he's, he's contested marking. He's really good for a guy of his height. He's like, what, 189 or something? He's pretty short. Yeah, he's not huge for a key position player. Yeah. And, and, and we've seen it even before, like obviously he went down last year, but the year before he, he'd switch it up. Yeah. On a needs basis. Yeah. But he is one of the better inset marking players of the comp as well. So it, it kind of depends where um, you want to exploit uh, oppositions, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm probably down on Sicily. Yeah. I'm probably backing in Scrimshaw. Um, so I think Sicily is probably a harder player to own because he'll have defender status. What? Is your fucking wall moving? It's a door. It's the door that separates oh. the garage. Because we've got the four-car garage. Yeah. Um, and that separates the two from two. But why is it, why is it moving? Because it's windy as fuck down <laughs> yeah, here. Jesus Christ. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. No, cool, it's, cool. well, it is cool. It's fucking cold, actually, Cam. It's yeah, okay. Really, really shit cold. Mm. Mm. Wintry. So sh- Wintry, win, wintry, fresh. Um, so we'll keep it to maybe Hawks theme. And I, so my my first no f- fucking idea is actually Hawks mids. So now two lines of four. You've got uh, no fucking idea about with Hawks, but um, the mids at Hawks they were pretty bloody awful to say the least this year. Um, yes, you could at uh, could at times see people like Tom Mitchell and you know Jager Amira racking up the pill, um, but clearances in general were one of the areas where they gave up just a truckload of possession and where they were beaten around the ball. They were the second worst center clearance team in the league. You know when considering that stat versus opponents, 
teams just found it really easy to beat them there. And when you look at it statistically, you know, outside of center clearances, they were a massively high pressure team. They they were laying the third amount, third most amount of tackles in the league. However, seemed to give oppositions a truckload of possession every time. So it's it's almost like they they had a lot of pressure, but then would turn over the ball at will. Um, you look at it statistically, and I think the opposition had uh, the fifth most kicks, fourth most handballs, fourth most marks um, against them in the entire league, and then that led to them being the, the second easiest team in the league to score an inside 50 against. Um, so you're Sam Mitchell, and you've probably been shadow coaching for the last few games of Clarko's tenure, you need to make a tactical or strategic change in the midfield because clearly it's not working. You're losing against your opposition every week on clearances. But then you look at your list and you've got sort of Tom Mitchell and Jaeger, which I'd suggest are your two top flight mids. You've got then your middlers, Shields, Wingard, Warple, who probably has, I think, a fair bit of upside going into 2022, but... You know, at the moment, he's sort of a middler. And then you've got a couple of young guns in John Newcomb and Connor Nash, who both saw time in the middle, but, you know, far from made it their own. Newcomb basically was just a tackle machine. He'd sort of hit your 20 tackle or 10 tackles a game, rather, and then not that many possessions. So from a, uh, um, a pressure perspective, he was really good. But from a football perspective, he was maybe average. So I'm kind of finding it really hard to believe that there's anyone that's going to be overly relevant outside of Tom Mitchell and that everyone else feels like a bit of a dice throw. But that said, there's probably, you know, tremendous upside from a draft perspective because you'll get guys like Jai Newcomb, Connor Nash, Shields, you know, Warple. You might get them as a, at a pretty big bargain, to be honest, in draft. But, geez, I have no idea how that plays out because they're not exactly names, right? Shields is... Dependable, but not outstanding. Wingard, as a midfielder, has been dependable, but not outstanding. So I, I just, yeah, it, it's a bit tough. Well, it's actually funny you say that they were always that they were bad at clearances because they've always been kind of bad at clearances under Clarkson, right? Yeah, like that's their MO. The, um, the biggest thing that I found, right, so they actually had, they were like middle of the pack for clearances if you look at total number, but in discrepancy to opposition, they were significantly worse. So every week they'd lose clearances, basically, is what you're looking at. So they were forcing stoppages? Yeah, Like maybe. compared to other yeah, teams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, like, I kind of see Tom Mitchell as the number one AFL fantasy midfielder because... I look at their wings, and to me, there's just no one. Yeah. Okay, so, like, I don't think Omir is that bad. Like, fine, no. he's not a star, but he's he's fine. Yeah. Right? Um, Shields, he is who he is. He's he's a good soldier. Um, Wingard, when he plays midfield, he's he's fine. Yeah. And and that's kind of what, you, what you, you say about him. But you look at the wings, and it's like, to me, they don't really have... You know, and I could see why they'd chase a guy like Tom Phillips, right? Yeah, because he can run all day, but if you're yeah. running in the wrong spot, then <laughs> who, who kind of cares, right? Like, like he really had one good season at Collingwood, and they were a really 
they were a good team at that at that point in time. So and, and Hawthorne, I don't think of that sort of team right at this minute. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm I, I'm cagey about their midfield in terms of finding depth, but I think it means it's a good thing in terms of if you like I want to back Tom Mitchell in as the the premier midfielder in AFL fantasy. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, hundred percent. So like as far as looking across the board, I think Tom Mitchell's going to be outstanding next year because there's a lack of depth. Like that's that's a, a tick in the box in my opinion. And it also probably means there's good dart throws late. Like if you believe yeah. in someone like a Connor Nash, yep. Um, if he doesn't have the forward status, obviously, which I can't imagine he will, maybe no. he does. I don't know. No. Um, then then maybe he's a good shout. I, I, I'm not convinced, but Liam Shields, oh, th- those guys are always available at the end of the draft. Sometimes they pop, like um, you know, someone gets injured and, and it all works out. Like um, yeah, like a guy like Ed Kerno can go for a, go for a hundred. And that's it. Like I, I really feel like there's it the Hawks are gonna be a great late draft option from their midfield. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, fair enough, Cam. I don't don't mind that at all. Uh I'm gonna talk about the Carlton Ford line, and it's probably um not an area of the ground you really want to talk about. Uh the forward lines, it's it's we tend to not draft uh forwards. But I think Carlton are an interesting team because they went from um, being a reasonable team in terms of defense in 2020 uh, in the forward line to the second worst tackling team inside the forward 50. And Ooh. they can actually get the ball in there with regularity. They were, you know, mid-table in terms of inside 50s. Um and kind of there for goals as well. But I think they got some really interesting pieces. Uh, obviously got the Harry McKay down there, Harry McKay, whatever the fuck, however you pronounce it. Surely McKay. Surely McKay. I'd love to say McKay. I'd like to call him McKay and Ben McKay. That's better. Yeah. So much better. But, you know, we were all really excited about Charlie Kerno a few years ago. Um the dust that was Eddie Betts, you know, finally is gone. Like, I don't know why they ever went down that path. I just think they're going to try to bring more pressure. So I think you're going to see someone get relevant because they're going to be able to tackle and, and take some lead-up marks. Uh, we've seen Matt Kennedy be down there before. He was really through the midfield last year and performed reasonably well. I'm not sure it's him. Um, Jack Silvani was kind of down there a bit and was kind of relevant because he had some ruck time. But I think the interesting part is you got Michael Voss coming into Carlton and Port were really good at... And again, they were kind of not super fantasy relevant, but they were kind of relevant. They'd get the ball down there and they were sort of able to trap it in a bit better and be a bit more scoreboard efficient. I think Carlton have all the fucking talent in the world, but they just they can't put it together for whatever reason. I don't know why. Um, I'm excited to see what Carlton can put together under Michael Voss. I'm not a Michael Voss fan, but maybe change is a good thing and uh, and he can have done his apprenticeship under Ken Hinckley, who's a, you know, shit, he produces good teams every year, right? Mm. I uh, Yeah, I actually think it's, it is Matt Kennedy. And I think from a fantasy perspective, that's, 
painful because he'll be that's mid bad. Only. Yeah, he'll yeah. be mid only, and that's and that's bad. But maybe that means he slides. Like he'll he'll go undrafted in in, in your AFL fantasy. He'll pick it up in round six. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. If yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I, yep. I just I'm really I, I've always believed in Charlie Kerner because he can just. Like he used to be able to run all day, lead out to the wings. He's fucking good. Like he he was amazing, right? Seriously, he's good. obviously had so much setbacks, and and the games changed a little bit. He could to to me, he could average ninety um, if everything went his way. I don't know that he's that player anymore, but I'd love to see him be able to do it. You know what the crazy thing is? Like not knowing if he's the player anymore. He's fucking tw- he'll he'll be twenty five next year. Like, uh, yeah, I, he's yeah. got like seven years in him at least to to become the player again, and I, I reckon maybe that's next year. And actually, if I flip uh, the other opportunity to your forward, you know, pressure point, that's probably someone. There's probably two players that may take that: Lockie Fogarty or um, Zach Fisher. Could be those tacklers. And I'm going to talk about the bombers mids. So just uh, stacking the mids here, and you know, sort of related a little bit to. Um, some of the other areas that we were talking about, but you know, we just go through this list: Zach Merritt, Dylan Shiel, Darcy Paris, Jake Stringer, Jai Caldwell, Archie Perkins, Kyle Langford. It's deep. Like, th- there's no one saying that a team can't run six deep in the midfield and still be really competitive. But all that does is really limit the amount of AFL fantasy or super coach scoring that someone can receive. Um, so as far as too many cooks goes, this is probably one of the bigger, you know, between this GWS and probably the Bulldogs, it's it's up there with, with the best of them. Um, from a too many cooks perspective, they're not the best midfield, but they are very good. Uh, we know Darcy Parrish was amazing through the midfield last year, but as soon as Shield came back, uh, really threw a wet blanket on his scoring. Langford was exactly the same. So in the last couple of games of the year, when Shield came back, Langford was affected. Perkins looks amazing. He he played almost every game last year. He might have played every game last year. Um, and he looks like he's going to be a, a guy that they're going to look to invest time in over the next couple of years. I've seen some of the footage of him... Um, especially through last year, his ability to hit a target is probably what separates him from some of their other midfielders. So he could be used as a bit of an outside player, but still looks a, looks a great player. Uh, Jake Stringer, you know, was really good through the middle of the game. Shield came back again, shifted his time in the middle from about a 70-30 split to a 40-60 split. Like, it really swung pretty hard the other way, and his scoring reflected that. And then, uh, finally, Caldwell missed almost the whole year. He was great the first game. He dropped a AFL Fantasy ton. Um, obviously not great when, in the same game, you're dropping a 70-point super coach game, but um, still, obviously, someone they're super keen to invest in as they're, you know, brought over. But... Like with the Hawks, there's probably one player that you'd lock in for a really good score. And again, Zach Merritt, he's going to be amazing. However, with the rest of them, it's kind of, you probably don't want to touch them too early. Um, because they, they're all probably going to score quite poorly, to be honest, uh, from a midfield perspective. However, you have guys like Kyle Langford and May, and Jake Stringer who will have that mid forward split or, or mid forward status and they could be actually okay. But, I just, 
find it really hard to believe that there's going to be, you know, anyone's going to be good unless Shield gets injured again, which could happen, right? Like he's he's thirty, he's, he's shown some form in that area, but geez, everyone looks that that's a tough tough line. Yeah, it's probably a team I'm not really keen to invest in on any line. Yeah. Um, aside from, I actually like Draper if you if you go on super late ruck. Um, yep. But if you look at their defense, it's like they had Heppel come back and uh, Ridley. He had the AFL fantasy hit. He was still fine in super coach. Uh, Hind, you know, um, they got Hurley yeah. coming back probably. Midfield, obviously, plethora of guys coming back. So to me, it's a really hard team to invest in. Yeah, especially I think because I'm just—it's one of those things where on draft day, I'm just going to be like, you know what, you take him. I don't give a shit. I'll take someone else. Well, I think where you could invest is forwards, like those guys, like your Langford, your Stringer, um, and even bloody Will Snelling was bloody good value last year, considering he was a forward only and just tackled his heart out. Right, like there's a couple of guys there that will slide late because there's so much uncertainty on that midfield um, that probably only need one thing to go right for them to be in there. Yeah, no, and that's and that's fine. Like, And I like all those guys you mentioned, and I think you've taken the right approach. The problem is I think Stringer's going to go earlier than you want. I couldn't take Stringer early. Of, of the people I listed, uh, even Archie Perkins, geez, I'd take Stringer last. Yeah, well, he'll he'll go well before that. That's unfortunate for whoever takes him. But it might not be. Yeah. yeah. Good times. Also, like, if you look at some of their stats, from an upside perspective in AFL Fantasy, they were a shithouse team for kicking the ball and a shithouse team for marking the ball. Like, they, there is so much upside in those plus three areas um, for these players that just a tweak in game style probably helps them out pretty significantly. But if they continue their surge play, then, um, yeah, it's really hard. Really, really hard. Yeah, and no, I, I find it hard to believe they'd, they'd change because they were super efficient going forward. Very good. Very, very good. So, good good, good team to watch, I've got to be honest, Ken. Yeah, super good. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, that's uh, all the all the hard-hitting analysis we've got. That NFI value. NFT value. Oh, man. I don't even want to look at my Top Shot account. It's been a fucking bloodbath on the oh, NFTs really? these, these, these days, Cam. What's happening? I, was, I don't know, but my account was worth like two grand, and and uh, now it's not. Now Ooh. it's not. I, uh, I don't want to look. Yeah. I don't well, want to look. Welcome They've to crypto. They've made bad decisions. They've made bad decisions, right? <laughs> Speaking of bad decisions, Russ. Oh, here we go. Who cops more of a scoring drop under Mitchell, Titch, Jagerbomb, or the Chad? I actually don't think any of them will cop a scoring drop. I think they'll just be consistent. That's weird because you just talked about the Hawks midfield. Yeah, but like they were not good this year either, right? So I, I don't think there's an upside or downside. I think those guys they will be fine. consistent. Yeah, they're going to be... They'll be fine. Titch, number one with a bullet. Yeah, yeah, you'd lock it. Ninja... Impact of Melbourne's two ruck premiership win on other teams. Will we see other teams join Saints? Weird, weird Saints bringing them in. Um, Saints, Demons playing two rucks. See Rob, Nick Nat, Big O, Goldie. Nick Nat, they already were. Well, he only yeah. played like 69%. Yeah. Not even. 
Not really? 59. Oh, yeah, wow. he played fuck all. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, absolutely. It's going to be rife next year, I think. the To be honest, the only team that you could probably lock for not having a good split would be the Gold Coast because they don't have two Ruckman. Um, sorry? Huh? Did you not see our big Chris acquisition? Mabior? Oh, yeah, the Chol. I forgot about the Chol. Oh, my goodness. How could you? I think Goldie's a really interesting one from your list. Mm. Um, bringing in uh, Callum Coleman-Jones. You'd have to see the writing on the wall there, surely. Um, well, they kept Rob, che- they kept Cherry as well, right? Yeah, they did. Um, and also Riley O'Brien, man. If they um, play that other dude, holy yeah, shit. The other bloke like, was good. It was very good. Yeah, the other bloke was good. Um, yeah, I'd be really cagey. I'd be terrified drafting a fucking ruck this year. My God. Yeah. You wouldn't invest anything in it, would you? Not early. Not early. I mean, the, on- the only ruck that I have high confidence in going into next year is Grundy. Not even Gorn? No. Like, I, I think he'll drop a little bit. I, I think there'll be about a 5 to 10 point differential between them. I'd, I'd love Sean Darcy, but in like round 5. Yeah. And expect that and he's going to play 17. 16? Yeah. 16 or something like <laughs> yeah. that. That's fine. That's fine. That's amazing. Uh, Fremantle, what's happening with the Saints midfield mix? Adelaide seems to... Why is, Fremantle... Okay, so Why is Fremantle inquiring about the Saints midfield mix? No, okay, so what's happening with the Saints mid he's got a there's a lot of there's a lot going on with Fremantle. What's going on with the Saints midfield mix? Look, I that, think it's it's yeah, got better. Yeah, it should be it should be a little bit better, but it was probably on the cusp of an NFI inclusion, right? Like I was very close to saying Saints midfield, but it's been like that for years. I think it's got easier. Talk me through it. I don't I don't agree. Well, I think if if Jones Crouch yep. and Steel are available, there's your first three. Okay. So uh, I think with Dunstan out, uh, to me, it's, it seems simpler. What about guys like Gresh and um, who's that? I don't think bloke. I, that, I, I, uh, Hunter Clark. Yeah, Hunter Clark. Bytel. That's who I was looking at. I, I find it. Well, what happens with most teams is you'll see a reasonably separated top three and then there has to be a couple other guys who rotate through there on a regular basis I, I would say like Steele will be in there locked and loaded all the time right and Zach Jones is generally the same and Brad Crouch is generally the same now unless they want to mix things up I find it hard to believe Gresh is going to get into the midfield off an Achilles like he's such a good forward um, so by tell uh, if he comes off the bench, whether he's in the twos some weeks, no Seb Russell, no Seb Russell pinch it. I'd be excited for Hunter Clark to get start getting his his go. But um, what about this you, this young sprite, Dan Hannabury? No, no, no. no. <laughs> There'll be a tight three there, and and then move on. Anyway, Adelaide seems to have a glut of outside wing halfbacks types now. Who profits? Who falls back? Jeez, that's tough. Um, who's the boy? Who'd they bring in? Dawson. Yeah, Dawson's looking good. Um, Seedsman comes back, probably almost the order of magnitude of ten points. 
I, I find it really hard to believe that they're going to continue going down one side when they've got two good ball users now. The challenge for them was that they had a really big gap with Lockie Scholl playing one side of the ground and Seedsman playing the other. And so they ended up essentially using Seedsman all over the ground in a Lockie Whitfield type role. They don't need to do that anymore. And so, yeah, it's probably Dawson up, Seedsman down and... You know, if Shoal can actually fit in the team, that'd be good, but I don't think it's going to be great. Also, Miller returns. But they wanted to use him through the mid. Like, yeah. Yeah, so I'm not... Yeah, probably not. Frio's midfield, if Fife continues to have serious issues with the shoulder, how high does Brayshaw and Sarong go then? Pretty high. Brayshaw's going, like... If you don't take him in the first three rounds, you probably won't get him. I wouldn't have thought. No, no. and he'll uh, he'll pay you dividends too. Like that's that. I'm, I'm fucking high on Brayshaw and Sarong at the minute. And Sydney and GWS rocks. I thought Sydney would have been pretty easy. Like it would be Hickey and Laddams, right? Yeah, they're undraftable though. I would have thought. Bruce? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Right. Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. I think you can take Hickey late. You reckon? I, yeah. I, I can't. From an NFI perspective, I reckon Laddams could surpass him. But you just, they'll probably play two. And you just Hickey was know. fine last year. Yeah, exactly. So if he's fine, they play two, and then it's they both cancel each other out. It's not good scenes. And from a GWS perspective, it's Bruce season. Yeah. Uh, Already says something, I don't know. Jeez, Freeman, what do you got? You got a lot of time on your hands. Someone had to ask it. Thoughts on Carlton defenders next year now that Jones is gone, some intercept marks just left the club and are up for grabs. We've talked about that, surely. Yeah, give Weedering a little bump, but that's about it. Yeah. Unless you're a salary capper. Simon asks, in a 5715, 18, 18 on field, keeper league with 10 teams, 12 keepers, would you draft one of the hyped rookies first or draft best pair available? As only 12 of 18 likely starters kept, should enough talent thrown back in the pool that all teams should feel like they can win in 2022? I would take the best possible player in that that instance. But it also depends where you are in your competition. Like, are you, if you are competing and you actually think you can, can compete, probably, probably take the best player. But if you're maybe a year off it, even though you said everyone can compete, I, I don't believe that. And uh, I'd probably look to invest in young talent. I'd go youth. Everyone wants the heat, Cam. The heat? Everyone wants the hot young player. Yeah. By Matt Rowe. Oh, I did last year. I did last year. Did you actually? Yeah. In the draft draft doctor's keeper? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to trade? No. Okay. Matt asks, set and forget... This is a salary cap question. Read it out. Name and shame. called it out. He said, hashtag off-brand. Matt's asked, set and forget rucks. We talk about it every year. We overthink it every year. I've got three concerns. One, will Gorn lose a ton of ruck time? Look. Oh, sorry. That was the question. Sorry. That's the first one. There's three. I'd just like to address the set and forget rucks. I do that every year in draft. Yeah, you draft one and you forget, yeah. you forget about it. Yeah. Unless they get injured, then it's 
fucking panic stations yeah. and you're playing goddamn Toby <laughs> Nan Curvis, yeah. right? Uh, we'll go and lose a ton of rock time, Cam. No, I think I think there's not that much drop from his scoring output. I think he, the the time might change, but his scoring output will stay the same. Is Marshall too injury prone? Nope. Is Wits better than is is Wits the better R two? Uh, are there guys priced priced? Come Mate, on, Matt. We, uh, who's playing in a, a two ruck league? No one these days. No one's playing two ruck league. Maybe one of the Hawks guys. Miller time asks, what's the deal with Russ? Yeah. Russ is Russ is like I don't know if you've watched Ted Lasso. No, I haven't. It's television. I don't, it's I don't very really good. watch TV. Yeah. It's very good. Russ a lot of people like, say that. Russ is a, a, a he's uh coach beard. And, right. Yeah. All I can remember is, uh, remember that scene in The Simpsons where Homer crashes the car and the insurance guy comes around and he goes, now this place mows as a business of some sort. And he goes, you know, what's open at night? It's a pornography store. <laughs> to me, Russ is the guy you bump into. Yeah. At the pornography store. That was a long way of getting to, I've been to a pornography store and bumped into a guy like Russ. <laughs> Well, sometimes the setup's better than the joke. It's true. Yeah. Matt asks, or Matthew, sorry, what impact does Michael Voss have on Carlton scores? Upside. I'd suggest there's points across the board. They weren't really a great fantasy team last year. They were not. They were quite low. Xavier asks, why hasn't St Kilda had a big scoring defender for so long? Or even relevant? Hunter Clark. It's a fucking great question. Hunter Clark and Nick Coffield were looking the goods and then they weren't. Then they sort of share it with Jimmy Webster this year. Jeez, why aren't they good defensively? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they've had a player with great attributes for a long time. Like They had Jake they, Carlisle there, right? And he's just well, basically he, a tree. He's a good def- he's a good key defender, right? No. He, he... So they haven't got great interceptors. They haven't got great... Like, Shane, Shane Savage is probably their best weapon by foot for, yeah. out of there for in the last few years. Yeah. I, I think they've tried to piece it together cheaply. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's an interesting one. It's a good question. Yeah, really like good that. question. Yeah. Uh, maybe someone who knows more about football than us can, uh, can answer you on that, Xavier. But I don't think they've had any elite talent or, or someone who's played the role real well. Maybe they haven't played loose very often. Mm. John asks, with competition for midfield roles in their teams, who are the main CBAs, attendees at the Bulldogs and GB, GWS in 2022? Bont, Cray, and Libba. Probably for the three at Dogs and GWS, Josh Kelly. I'd love to see Tom Green and probably, shit, I don't know, Cogs. Nah, no way, Cogs. It's not Cogs. Bulldogs Bulldogs actually ran a tighter rotation than you'd imagine this year. It was really those three that you mentioned, Cam. Yeah. And um, Dunkley and Trelaw were the... The chop outs, obviously they missed time, so other guys got in there, but they were pretty pretty tight, those three. I'll bring up GWS, just um, I've got that sort of shit right here. So Hopper was the main oh, one. Why wouldn't I have said Hopper? 
for sure Hopper. So, so it was Hopper, Ward, Cornelio only played a few games, and then Tarano. So I yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And look, Kelly's interesting because he had some pretty massive splits. Uh, the first, you know, six, seven weeks, seven weeks, seven weeks, he was barely in there, and then after that, he was really in there uh, quite a lot once. But GWS have always run a few guys through there, like Brent Daniels gets through there. The Boars had time through there. Um, Greens had time through there. They're, they're kind of all over the shop. I think they need to phase Ward out. Don't know that they'll do that. Like tenure sometimes matters at clubs. Mm. Hopper's going nowhere, man. He, he got no other role. It's for sure Hopper, Taranto, Kelly would be the three. I think Taranto can play wing. Oh, sorry, Kelly can play wing. Yeah, but I, I think he's very good in there because Hopper and Taranto are the same. Like in and under, get the ball. Kelly, a little bit more out outside run. Yeah, yeah. So it could be yeah, this, and this is where Tom Green's hard, right? Oh, dude. For so I've been trying to think about where Tom Green sits in my rankings for the last couple of weeks, and I I can't see that he's going to get more of an opportunity than last year. Which so sucks. he'll be he'll be in the best twenty two, but he'll be off the bench. Yep, hundred percent, and. Chudding out sixties unless an injury occurs or two. He needs he needs some injuries for sure. And even when there were injuries this year, he played in the VFL, right? Like he, he yeah. It was yeah. It's interesting. He's such a good player, but there's you know some barriers there. Yeah, it's um. We all and this is what I mean about the the new hotness cam is like people want Tom Green to be good, but it's like man. AFL coaches don't think like fucking fantasy coaches, man. <laughs> like, yeah, Ka- yeah. Callan Ward doesn't just leave the team because he's amazing hair, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, t- tenure and that hair are synonymous. It's a, it's a combo. <laughs> it's a, it's a combo. combo. It's a great combo. Um, geez, Tom Tom Green could end up being a fantastic keeper buy in the first like six rounds of next year. Oh shit, he's going to be so good at Richmond in a couple of years. Yeah. Like legitimately, yeah, legitimately a good player. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week. Hit us up, listener league. You know the drill. Uh, well, it's not a drill. You fucking make your own rules up. I don't know. Like you be like us. Diorama location. I don't know. Think of something better than us. Jesus Christ, that's just my idea, and I'm a fucking idiot. So <laughs> surely the listeners out there are more creative than us. We'll put a poll. Put a poll on Twitter of Diorama. Other. Other. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard poll. <laughs> no way around it. Thanks, listeners. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Draft Doctors Podcast. For more tips and in-depth analysis, head over to thedraftdoctors.com.au.